0: All right. Welcome. Welcome. Everybody looks like you're going to be getting started here. Maybe in a second. Uh, It's waiting on uh, (coughs) YouTube and Facebook here. Okay, Okay, it doesn't look like any of those worked, actually. Just give me one second here. I think uh, what I did was start it too quickly. Uh, It's a very sensitive, sensitive uh, streaming service we've got here. There we go. Okay, live, live. live. Okay. <clears throat> so we are live across the board. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Blessings on y'all. And so you're gonna be talking about the love of Jesus Christ, right? Love has the capability to inspire other people's people to be loving, right? I think it was Gandhi who said, uh, be the change that you want to see in the world, right? Act how you'd like other people to act. Do the things that you'd like to see other people doing. And while, right, we are limited beings, we are finite beings, God is infinite, right? And so when you apply yourself as a finite being into areas of your life, with God, you will be able to produce crops, harvests that are far beyond what. You would be able to produce by yourself on your own. <clears throat> this is what working with God has to offer, right? It will <clears throat> increase your life. It will augment you yourself. It will augment your life. Proper biblical teaching will enhance, benefit, bless your life. It is good for you. It is good for people in your life. And this all stems from the first step of becoming Christian, right? Christianity is a state of being. It's not a religious boast, right? I am Christian. Well, that doesn't actually make you Christian, right? You can say you're a genius. That doesn't make you a genius. You can say you're the strongest man on the earth, even though you haven't been working out. It doesn't make you the strongest man on the earth. You can say you're Christian. It doesn't make you Christian, right? Christianity is a path, a philosophy, a state of transcendent mind, right? A state of transcendent being that you are pressing into these ways of being loving, of loving other people, of blessing other people, of helping other people, laying down your life, right? To pursue maybe selfless gains, right? It may not benefit Christian's always what we do, right? And it is a balance. Christianity is a balance. Uh, You will see the prophets that they are, for example, King David and Solomon, right? They get a kingdom, but they also help a whole lot of other people as they progress through the days of their life. King Solomon, the same way. Through becoming uh, rich in wisdom, he applies his wisdom to his kingdom and his kingdom and all the people in it begin to flourish. I E King Solomon was blessed by God became a blessing to the people and blessed his nation by following the ways of God, right? Representing that love. And uh, interestingly enough, as a side note, I'm starting to get a lot of positive feedback on uh, the Bible mistranslation videos. Uh, And as I'm going through countless different versions of the Bible, what I'm realizing is a lot of the scriptures have become just a little off point, just a little inaccurate, right? The Bible, the Holy Scriptures, they still produce... Uh, an abundance in good. However, right there are there are uh, some verses in there that are just completely bogus. Now, uh, the the one of the worst ones that sticks out in my mind is that "do not resist evil." One <clears throat> that is that is uh, really really nuts. And when you go back to the original uh, ancient Greek scrolls, right, what you'll see is that the word is revenge in the scripture. So you're going, you're scratching your head going, wait, how did, how did this guy get <clears throat> resist evil? Don't resist an evil, man. Uh, out of the translation. And uh yeah, so anyways, right. Obviously, right. When you go into a church, does the church, when a police officer comes in and goes to, to Sunday service there, does the church say, hey, we don't allow people part of being christian is not is not resisting evil and you resist evil therefore as a police officer or as a judge as a as a public servant right you're not welcome here right uh no i don't i don't think there's any church that does that right and interestingly enough fascinating enough right there but there it is right <laughs> in the king james bible over 5 billion copies sold right pete you're scratching your head going wait a minute this doesn't make any sense because it's, it's a gross mistranslation. Uh, Maybe some people would like to believe in the world that uh, the world can thrive without a justice system or a form of government, but uh, all you have to do is look, right? That's, that's a really fascinating thing, actually, right? If you look, if there's something that seems like a little confusing, all you have to do is look and the answer is there, Seek and you shall find, right? And so, understanding right as christians we practice what we preach right we don't read the bible and then say ah i'm not going to follow that specific verse right no that's not correct right we read the bible we realize that what the bible is saying will produce abundance right a good happy life a good happy nation right when you say a good happy life that's one singular individual when you say a nation in this case it's 330 million different individuals, right? So we're not talking about just blessing ourselves as Christians, right? It's not a greed, uh, religion, right? It's a religion of benevolence. It's a religion of abundance, right? You will have abundance. You will have wealth, right? But, uh, in proportion, right? Uh, sometimes people will say, well, I like being very benevolent. So instead of amassing wealth for myself, I'm going to be very benevolent. Fascinating, fascinating. Uh, enough. Uh, Charles Munger, Warren Buffett's partner. I was looking at uh, Warren Buffett's net wealth, the wealth of greed, right, fifty-something billion. And I looked at Charles Munger, his partner, and, and Charles Munger has about two billion. And I was, I was saying, well, how is there such a difference, right? How is this Warren Buffett have fifty billion and Charles Munger only has two? Well, Charles Munger donates everything that he makes, right? He donates all the absurd surplus, right? And even even a, an amount of two billion. Well, who the who the heck knows what you might do with two billion dollars? That's a lot of money, right? And so, understanding that is a, a product of Charles Munger's faith, right? That is one of those blessings of faith, right? Becoming that tree, becoming that mountain that is blessing the entire nation, many cities, many people, right? That is what God is talking about. That is the effect of faith. That is God's capability. It's what, it's not a fact about God, right? A fact would be like, uh, two seconds ago, I just started this stream, right? It's history, it's long standing a fact that you cannot go back and change right you cannot change it that is how god works you start walking with god you start applying the good ways contained within the holy scriptures to your life and you will move begin moving towards becoming that blessing and if you keep walking if you keep abiding in the ways of love the loving ways of jesus christ that he is teaching us through the parables, through the scriptures, through the instructions in the Bible, you will keep growing in the ability to bless others, to be a blessing. And, right, just like with King David, you, your own life will benefit. Also, that is the power of the one true living God. That is the ability of love. That is what happens when you apply love to your life. When you start doing things that that you love, instead of, right, trying to chase that almighty dollar, interestingly enough, uh, when you look at the world and what is, uh, what produces financial abundance, what produces success, happiness, joy, life, and a life that people love, it's not pursuing wealth. It's not doing 80 hours of accounting a week, right? Very, very few people enjoy doing that, right? Just like mathematicians are uh, in short supply, right? Some people enjoy math, that's incredible, good for you, right? But uh, sitting down and doing 80 hours of math a week, it doesn't sound like a good week to most people, right? And so, fascinatingly enough, what, uh, what people, what studies show that produces, uh excellence that produces that financial harvest is finding something that you like doing, finding something that you're passionate about, that you love, right? And applying yourself to it. Now, uh, of course, right, this will be uh, an area, a subject that must produce finance, right? If you apply yourself to um, laying on a couch, right? And you say, I love this, well, that's not really gonna cut it, right? It'll be some passion that God has placed within you, such as sermoning, right? Such as business analysis, right? Something like that. Something that you find fascinating that your mind, your spirit and body, they resonate with, they love it. And God has shaped us each and every one. Indeed, God shapes us in our mother's wombs, right? So that we can go and walk out, that we have those passions within us, that we press out into and grow them to the best of our capabilities that's one of our own responsibilities as co-laborers with god we are seeking out those passions we are identifying them and growing them right Uh, when god creates mankind in the book of genesis it is suggested that we are to be the gardeners of the garden right and the garden is the earth right? Subdue the earth and rule over it. Right. <clears throat> and so a gardener is not lacking in action, right? A gardener is tending the garden. They are, we are tending our own lives. We are working and building on and growing our own lives into something that we ourselves right, into our dreams, right? And so this is why it's important to make sure that your dreams lie within the confines of God's covenant. Because if they don't, right, when you get those dreams, you'll be like, oh, this isn't what I wanted. I made a mistake. I don't want this dream. I just spent three years, five years getting this dream, and I hate it, right? That is part of trusting God. God knows where you ought to go where you will be happy. And sometimes in your life, God will knock on the door of your free will, right? And say, Hey, that dream you're pursuing, that dream you spent five years pursuing, when you get it, you're going to be miserable. I have something else. I want you to come and do this. And that's how God works, right? The good shepherd, the wise guide is leading us where we ought to go, where we should go but it's up to us to lay down our the dreams that God is saying hey that's not going to make you happy <clears throat> or uh, dreams that God is saying hey that's not going to happen right and sometimes we don't understand right that god has set a singular light and as we look upon that light right we may get lost right we may be looking just a little bit west of that light or just a little bit East of that light in regards to a dream of our own. We might have it off just a little bit where the light is over here and mankind is looking over here going, I want this. And God is saying, Hey, this is where you'll be happy. This is where you ought to go. And we might not always know it, but that is where God is leading us. Right. And so sometimes, uh, if there is a U-turn in your life or a directional change, a change of goals, right. Don't be surprised, God knows what he's doing when he threw Joseph into the pit, right? When Joseph was thrown into the pit, Joseph might have been saying, hey, I don't understand this. This doesn't make much sense. But God was just bringing Joseph by whatever means necessary into the courts of Pharaoh so that he could receive his exaltation, right? King David uh, might not have understood that playing uh, the lyre or a harp for King Saul, a mad king, an insane king, that had, was, was being tormented by an evil spirit that God had sent to torment King Saul. And you think about that for a second, right? You say, hey, there's a, there's a posting online. It says, come play my guitar, come play my uh, instrument for a mad king tormented by an evil spirit. You might just X on out of that one. You might just let that one slide by. But here's the thing. David knew that God was sending him to Saul. David had faith. And so David, even though he might not have felt the most comfortable, he might not have been safe, the safest, right? As King Saul started lobbing spears at David, trying to kill him, right? David knew that for enduring the trials, for going through the refiner's fire, for doing the will of the Lord God of Israel, the reward will out, outweigh the trials that are required to receive that reward, right? <clears throat> the end result is that light, is that beacon of light, is that blessing unto the nations that God has placed within each and every one of our futures. But we have to follow it, right? If Joseph had have uh, turned turned away from God, Joseph wouldn't have made it. If David had have turned away from God, David wouldn't have made it. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. For any of the prophets, uh, including Jonah, right? If Jonah had have just kept disobeying God, he wouldn't have ever made it to Nineveh. He would have. Well, who knows what would have happened, but you have to understand, right? God is leading us. All you have to do is trust God. You place that trust in God, and God will get you the rest of the way. That's God's modus operandi, right? That's just who God is. It's just how God rolls. He is willing and able to get you where you want to go, but you have to be able to surrender your life to God and endure the hardships, right? This is keeping the covenant. This is keeping our lives, keeping our dreams within the confines of God's covenant because right? you don't wanna show up and get that dream and have it be uh, a plate full of ash, right? You don't want the dream that you get thinking, hey, this is gonna be so incredible. You don't wanna get it after 10 years spent of your life and realize, wow, I hate this, right? That is what trusting in greater wisdom, that is what trusting in perfect knowledge, divine knowledge, will reap in your life. It will bring into your life that beacon of light, that happiness, that joy and joy to completion if you're willing to follow it, right? That is what is biblically stated, not God will do it no matter what. No, right? There are. Blessings for obedience and punishments for disobedience, right? Uh, For example, in life, if you decide one night to do enough hard drugs to kill you, right? Don't expect God to bless you for doing that, right? Does not make any logical sense. Therefore, when someone is preaching that, you can know that it is rat poison and death and throw it out of your life and into the garbage can where it belongs. Thank you. That is good soil teaching, right? When you apply it to your life, it won't result in death or hardship for those who listen and trust and apply it. No, it's going to reap life and life and abundance. It's going to reap joy and joy to completion. It's going to reap righteousness and alignment with the one true living God of all Israel. It's going to bring the favor of a divine being with perfect knowledge into your life. And your life will begin being blessed by that favor. When you reach that point of righteousness, when you surrender to God and say, no more sin, I'm done with it. That is when God gets really moving in your life. That is when the Red Seas part for you. That is when you will see real change begin to strike like lightning all around you. That is who God is. It's what he's been doing from the first page of the Bible, which was written nearly 2,400 years ago unto this very day, and he will keep doing it until the end of time itself. That is who God is. It's not one miracle that only happened, it's not a miracle that, that only happened as often as, for example, winning the lottery. These miracles are being poured out upon people's lives day in and day out, often, right? But you have to follow God. You have to surrender to where God leads you and do it God's way. That's what a covenant is. A covenant literally means an agreement. I love God, so I'm going to serve God, right? And uh, we are servants of the Lord, right? That means when God speaks, we obey. When, God, when you hear the voice of God, and you will hear the voice of God, seek and you will find it, right? <sighs> that is what Christianity is all about, right? Loving, right? Building up that love within yourself. A love for something that you know is blessing you. God, you know, God, Christians know that God is blessing us and we love God and bless him back. It's it's like a give-take relationship, but God's goodness is practically, practically endless, right? Even when we don't deserve it, God is still there loving us and blessing us. Even when we mess up and we need forgiveness from God, when we need forgiveness from other people, right? God is still there blessing us, leading us through the trials of hardship into that perfect man, into that finished work of art that is God's masterpiece that he has been fashioning and working on from the day of your birth unto this very day. And he will bring it to completion. God finishes what he starts. He will get you there, right? Now, once you're there, if you... Uh, end up messing up too bad right that's on you but you will notice that good soil teachings differ greatly from bad soil teachings a bad soil teaching will tell you do whatever you want right that's bad soil it won't help your life doing whatever you want Now, discipline that'll help your life a covenant with God well that'll produce abundance that'll produce that life of silver linings and dreams I'm always talking about. It's there, it's out there, and nothing can stop God. That means if you enter into that covenant with the one true living God, and you are the least of us, the lowest burger flipper, the lowest janitor, you enter into that covenant with God, you can know that God's going to get you places that you were unable to reach on your own. The Israelites came to the Red Sea and realized they were unable to To swim across it. They realized the Egyptians were about to slaughter them. But lo and behold, with God, the Red Seas parted. And the Israelites, it says that God's people crossed the ocean on dry land. So understanding that is important, right? That is what love is all about. Guiding people, blessing people, inspiring people, helping other people from a state of benevolence. Maybe the people are undeserving. You keep helping them. Maybe the people are attacking you. You keep helping them. You keep blessing them. You keep doing it God's way. And one way or another, I guarantee you, God will get you there. That's going to be it for the day, guys. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Blessings on you all. And have a great rest of your day.